Next on BYUSN, Super Saturday approaches for BYU Athletics. Is it about winning big, like 17-plus big? Ooh. Ooh. Plus, the Vengeance Tour continues for women's soccer as they get it done to go to the Sweet 16 in dramatic fashion. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Friday, this is how we do it. On November 18th, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside your weekend's party host, Jerem Jordan. Dude, we got a busy Saturday, which is super exciting with football and men's basketball. Much more on that coming up. Plus, we got two games in action involving BYU teams or BYU guys internationally. We will update you in the headlines coming up in a moment. But on today's show, Riley Nelson will join the program. His advice for Jaron Hall as he approaches what seems like an easy decision, but what does Riley have to say about it? Olympian and national champion runner and coach Ed Eyestone will join us from Nationals for Cross Country in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Plus, women's soccer and PKs against Stanford. Let's go. Awesome. Olivia Wade will join us from North Carolina in our game day guarantees guaranteed to probably not happen <laughs> on a game day eve. But first, here are today's headlines. BYU football tomorrow. Senior day. Junior day. COVID day. Which Cougars are playing their final game at Lavelle Edwards Stadium? We're not entirely sure. Can we not call it COVID day, please? We are sure. <laughs> Kickoff happens at 3.30 Eastern live on BYU TV with extensive pregame coverage beginning at 1.30 Eastern, also live on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Hey, I'm on the show and I got the last Y-Factor pick. There was nothing left. Now you know how I feel. No, yep, nothing left for me. At least you picked ahead of me. Men's Hoops is 2-1, hosts Nichols, who are 0-2 tomorrow in the Marriott Center out of Louisiana. Pre-game scheduled for 8 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. I say scheduled because who knows what happens with the football post-game in the game. We're, we're flexible. We're on for 10 hours tomorrow. All day sports. Number six seed BYU women's soccer advances to the Sweet 16 with an upset win over three seed Stanford in penalty kicks. Here's a sweet taste of what it looked and sounded like. The runoff by Evans, the shot, the save! The save by Sill! Right footed shot and a goal! Ellie Mon sends the Cougars to the round of 16 and how sweet it is! A jubilant Greg Rubel, back-to-back -back Sweet 16s for the first time in program history. The Cougars will now face number two seed North Carolina on Saturday, 11.30 a.m. Eastern. You can watch on ESPN Plus and listen live on BYU Radio. Cougars in the NFL this weekend. Zach Wilson and the Jets play at New England. Tyler Algier and the Falcons are in action versus the Bears. Taysom Hill and the Saints play the Rams. Jamal Williams and the Lions hit the road against the Giants. Dax Milne and the Commanders take on the Texans in Houston. Brady Christensen and the Panthers play out Baltimore. Kyle Van Noy and Michael Davis of the Chargers take on the Chiefs at home. And Sione Takitaki and the Browns play the Bills in Detroit due to weather in Buffalo. BYU women's basketball enjoying much better weather than Buffalo in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. Oahu specifically to play in the North Shore Showcase with games today and tomorrow. The women on the hunt for win number one this season and win number one for first-year head coach Amber Whiting. The 0-3 Cougs play Washington State at 8 Eastern tonight. They'll take on Troy at 8 Eastern on Saturday. Number three men, number 10 women's cross country compete in the national championships tomorrow in Stillwater, Oklahoma, 10.20 a.m. Eastern for the women, 11.10 a.m. Eastern for the men. We'll chat with Ed Eyestone later in the program. 17th ranked BYU women's volleyball sweeps Pepperdine three sets to none last night in Malibu behind old reliable Aaron Livingston, 20 kills. 
BYU will stay in California for their next match tomorrow at 4 Eastern against LMU. LMU is up 2-1, took San Diego to 5, nearly won that. Woo! And they were up 13-9. Like, they kind of blew it. Sorry, 9-6. They kind of blew it. Ah. In Round Rock, Texas at Nationals, men's club soccer uh, beat Rutgers 6-0, then Texas A&M 4-1 in the second round. Cougars playing Colorado State in the round of 16 as we speak. They're up 2-0 at halftime. Goals from Eric Morris and Isaiah Strong. If they win, they'll play today at 6 Eastern, potentially tomorrow in the semis, and for a national championship, what they have won in 2019 and 2021 most recently. BYU Swim and Dive will conclude competition at the Mizzou Invite today and get back in the pool action on November 30th in Greensboro, North Carolina for the Toyota U.S. Open Meet. Paul Lasique is in Dubai and in the starting lineup for USA Rugby, taking on Portugal in a winner-take-all for the final spot in the World Cup in France next year. I'm watching it as we speak. USA is up 16-13 with 14 minutes left. Go. Gotta finish that to get to the World Cup. Come on, Paul. BYU Men's Golf announces the signing of two new standouts, including Cooper Jones, a four-time first-team All-State player out of Lone Peak High School, big get for Todd Miller and company, and Peter Kim, a three-time first-team All-State player from Skyline High School in Salt Lake City. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. Oh, Super Saturday approaches, everyone. BYU football will kick things off quite literally. 3.30 Eastern live on BYU TV. And BYU men's basketball taking care of business against Nichols State in the Marriott Center later that night. Now, football and basketball in mind, Jerem, they're going to be heavy favorites in both of these games. So the question for this Friday before the Super Saturday is, is it 17-plus or bust for both BYU football and basketball tomorrow? I say yes, uh, because in football, certainly against an FCS opponent with a losing record, you respect what Utah Tech's done the last three games. They were one and six, they won three in a row. They're putting up uh, you know, 40 plus a game the last couple. They're giving up a lot as well. Certainly we expect BYU at home, despite the struggles at five and five, to win this game handily. Uh, yes, so 17 plus there. Oh no, James and Devin plus. The curse is. I been said that invoked. against South Florida, and that's the only game where it's happened. I haven't said it since. Although I did say Oregon 10 plus, but I didn't say the 17 plus. You didn't say it against Utah State. I'm pretty sure you said it against. Did Utah I say it against State. Utah State? <laughs> okay, you're right. I probably said it against Utah State. <laughs> Nichols, uh, Ken Palm says that is that's an 18 point win by BYU. Okay. So the metrics okay. are saying yes, 95 percent chance to win. 85 from BPI, 90 from team rankings. Yes. But both teams need to blow a fool out here. Come on. And, and men's hoops needs that comfortable win. If BYU men's hoops, again, for a third straight home game, plays a close game where they need a bucket in the final 12 seconds, there's a massive issue. Because I've said, like, the way BYU is playing right now, in the two home games in particular, not at San Diego State, that was a nice showing despite the loss. There is a moral victory element to that because we don't know what to expect from this team, is, okay, through three games, BYU is a fringe NIT team at the moment. I'm not talking NCAA tournament. I'm talking NIT. Uh, they got to play better at home, take care of business. Missouri State was better than Idaho State for sure. But uh, BYU makes a play to win. That's great. But they need to start making strides where they play, they play better. Because next week in men's hoops is the hardest three-game stretch of the entire season. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's USC. It's Tennessee or Butler. 
And then it's like a Dayton, Wisconsin, Kansas type team on the other end, depending how the Cougars do. In the Bahamas. Probably not Kansas. And the Bahamas. So, yes, yeah, 17-plus for both is the expectation. Wow. Okay. I mostly agree with you in that BYU needs to win convincingly on both sides, certainly with football. Although Malcolm Ross Turner, the Utah Tech wide receiver, would have you believe that Utah Tech's going to bring it and give BYU a close game. No. BYU needs to take care of business to get bowl eligible. 17-plus needs to happen. Yes. Like, bookend. Um, well, I shouldn't say bookend because they still have Stanford. But South Florida to begin and Utah Tech almost at the end of the season and the penultimate game. Bookend, like, essentially bookend it with big-time wins. Like, yeah. convincing wins. Leave no doubt by the yeah. late in the second quarter. Big-time only in margin, not in the Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, yeah. just leave no doubt where BYU's up 28-3 to at halftime or 31-0 like, to nothing at halftime. We need to see Jacob Conover tomorrow. Please. The game needs to be out of hand to the point where he plays. More on that coming up. I don't want Jaron Hall and Puka Nakua and all of these guys that BYU relies so heavily on to have to play late into this game. No, that'd be terrible. Listen, Utah Tech's got a good offense. For sure. Joey Hobart, uh, Wazoo transfer. Dude's got 1,000-plus yards, like 14 touchdown catches. Um, they, they've got a nice run game as well. Sure. Joey can get his touchdown, and BYU can win 49-7. to All good. I want... 60. Like, I, we haven't seen it from this team, just that explosion of offense outside of the first quarter against USF. So it'd be nice to see that because this team is capable. Yes. Utah Tech is growing as a program, transitioning from D2 to D1, FCS, WAC team. Funny that they're in the same league that BYU, like, made a name yeah, for itself. Yeah. Like, BYU won a national title in that league. Is Carl Benson still the commission, by the way? I have no idea. Is he still? Does anyone know that? Is that a thing you can look up on the internet? I look it up on Twitter, but I don't know if it'll be there when I check. BYU's coming off of a buy. Speaking of football, I heard that. Okay, I'm not buying the rust. Like you can't have rust. You can't have rust against Utah Tech. You got to come out and be sharp against Utah Tech, especially when you have Jaron Hall, a NFL draft pick in the third round projected as your quarterback. And you're throwing to Puka Nakua, and you have one of the best offensive lines in the country. Or so we thought, and we still think to a degree, right? Uh, like, BYU's good. Are they like the 22nd? Regardless. I don't know. Okay. One of the better offensive yeah, lines Yeah, you country. tell me. I don't know. The Cougars need to take care of business at home tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I, it, I don't want this to be even close to 17-plus. Like, it, so it, it, it if it's 17, I have an issue. Right. If it's like 27 to 10. Ooh, hmm. No, Buey needs to be in the 50s at least. Like, so you're not, at home. It's, I, it's an FCS foe not named uh, North Dakota State. You know what I mean? I would say James Madison, but they're FBS now. Just leave no doubt by halftime. That's what I'm hoping for. Make, make sure that this game is, like, in hand for yes. the most part by halftime. And, so. and, and Kalani, like, Buey puts up points. Honestly, he's too nice. Like, in these games... He'll pull off the pedal midway through the third where BYU just runs it. It's like, you know what we need to see in tomorrow's game and overanalyze it is Ang- Jacob Conover. I was going to say, angry Kalani? <laughs> well, angry Kalani hopefully doesn't show up tomorrow, right? We don't want anybody angry. We want hopefully everyone's cool. Touche. Um, yeah, and, and BYU's welcoming back a couple of BYU guys that uh, have played for the Cougars sure. at Utah Tech and Loney, uh, you know, Hebron Fangupo goes by Loney and, and Shane Hunter and Jameson Clark. Shane's uh, Steve Clark's son is the coach over there. And others like Paul Peterson was on the BYU staff as, as an analyst back in 06 and 07. He's the head coach. So there are connections, right? 
which by the way, Justin Anderson and Patrick Hickman and uh, BYU staffers and um, Shane Hunter, they're going to wear Virginia uh, attire, which all the coaches that were on the staff at Virginia around the country, there are nine different teams, they're going to wear Virginia stuff tomorrow. Great sign of respect. So when you see Virginia there, you know why. Great uh, sign of respect. To honor, obviously, the, the three fallen players from Sunday night's tragedy. Sure, I love, love that That's so cool. much. This, this game needs to be one where BYU dominates. And, and honors the seniors, we all feel good, and then we come to basketball. I need to give you where I differ with you on the opinion of 17-plus as it pertains to basketball. Because BYU okay. has beaten Idaho State and now Missouri State closely, I feel like it's a little unfair for us to expect 17-plus in that regard. I do expect, however, a double-figures win. Like, BYU needs to beat Nickel State by at least 10 points. Nickel State lost to Arizona by 42 on the road. They lost to Wyoming by 11 on the road. I think BYU is a better basketball team than Wyoming, or at least on par with Wyoming right now. So BYU needs to win by 10 or 11 points at the worst. Not quite 17-plus, but a double-figures win. Like, let's get it done. For that, sure. That'd be enough, but it's not enough to make you feel confident going into the Bahamas. Is there anything that BYU could do tomorrow to make granted, you feel confident going into granted, the Bahamas? Like, teams have lost weird games. Like, Utah lost to Sam Houston State. A bye game. Utah paid Sam Houston yeah. State to come and play in Salt Lake City and lost. Always crazy. Okay, the epitome top- of brutality, as John Rothstein calls it. Yes. Yeah, bring in the Rothstein one-liners. That's so corny. <laughs> Topic two, game day guarantees. It's time for your BYU Sports Nation game day guarantees. Guaranteed. Yeah, right. To be wrong. Okay, here we go. On the season, Spence. Still on? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's still yeah, on. Mike's yeah, still we're, on. We're moving on. Yeah. Uh, Spence is 16 for 30. I'm 8 for 30. Yeah, yeah. Ben? How about that, Ben? I'm over 50%. <laughs> Supposed to be guaranteed. We were both. We we're both. Okay, number one. Joey wins by 17 plus. Oh, just okay, just right. one time. It's happened this year. It's going to happen for a second team. Yes, time. yes. I mean, Two. Jacob Conover plays in the game. This seems like no dub, but he's only played one snap all year. It was against Arkansas. One okay. snap. Okay. Okay, and three. Utah Tech will have fewer than 400 yards. Please. Why do, why do I say this? Please. Because BYU's 5-0 when it allows sub-400, and 0-5 oh, and, uh, when allowing more. That has been, like, the yard benchmark. It's not causation. It's correlation. But it's, uh, it's interesting. Perhaps it is because yards lead to points. If Utah Tech has more than 400 total yards, there's a serious That's issue. Bad. They've, serious issue they've got 28 the points in the game. Exactly. And Jaron Hall and Puka Nakua are on the field in the fourth quarter. Hopefully they have 700. Into yards. a shootout. 49-42. No, it, it could be like 49-28. I don't want it you to be that. I, mean? I don't want it to be that. Depends, All right. Yeah. Game day guarantee number one. BYU will have at least 21 points by halftime. Now I pick, oh, guaranteed. I yeah. picked 21 guaranteed. because, again, Utah Tech wide receiver Malcolm Turner-Ross said, maybe BYU will score 21 for the game. No, no, we're, we're giving, giving him 21 we're giving him way too at much halftime. PT here. Well, I want Bolton more. I want BYU to come out and play angry. If BYU needs that, no, I want it. Stink. I want it. Number two, five different players for BYU will attempt at least one rush in this game. Yeah, that's guaranteed. Well, Chris Brooks isn't going to play. Mason Fakahua has been banged up. Wait, so Brooks isn't playing? I don't. I don't think he's going to play. Oh, Harvey Ungas said he said he's available. Yeah. I don't think he's going to play oh, based okay. on what Aaron Rodgers told me last week. Oh. I don't think so. So I think we'll see Hinkley Rapati, uh, Lopini Katoa, Miles Davis, and then Jaron Hall. Jaron Hall, and then maybe a wide and receiver flexes and back. A, and then a jet sweep. Right, yeah. So I'm hoping five different players will attempt at least one rush in this game. I think it's I hope we see more. Fair. I and hope then we see some more. dude we've never heard of. Okay. Number three, Utah Tech will score 17 or fewer points in light of the 
Emphasis on 17 points today. It's a prime number, Spence. 49 17s, what I'm hoping for. Something close to that, Jerem. Or less, 49 to 10. That, I'll take that. Oh, it's 70 to nothing. <laughs> I'll no, take that. No, too. Utah Tech's got a good offense. They're gonna score, they're gonna score two plus times. Let's go. All right, time for us to hear from all of you in Voice of the Nation. Our question of the day is this. This is based on what happened on Twitter yesterday. When reports surface that apparently Twitter's going away. I don't actually think it's going away. Neither do I. No. Twitter employees, but a lot of them are unhappy, and apparently there's some sort of strike going on there. So if Twitter is dying. I wonder why. If Twitter is dying, what is your last tweet concerning BYU sports? At KTJ from Texas. Says, Can we just call this the Elite Voice Maybe right now? it's an early Can Elite Voice nominee. Early? He says simply, 1984! With like eight exclamation points after it. <laughs> we're still living. In we're like that we're year, like for ancient sure. Israel. We just point back to Egypt. 1984. 1984. A long time ago, mm-hmm. but remember that? That was awesome. My favorite T-shirt in my closet right now is from the BYU 50 box that says simply 1984, 1984. in royal blue and white. It's so simple. And then underneath it says, "Gosh, wish I had something a little more uh, updated, but this is what we got." You know. <laughs> I, I want Utah to have uh, shirts to say 1944 for the men's <laughs> basketball national, national championship. Yeah. At Plan 300 says, quote, it's my fault, guys. I promised the man upstairs he could delete Twitter if BYU got into the Big 12. Worth it. Worth <laughs> In it. hindsight, I should have specified I meant my, my Twitter, Twitter, not all of Twitter. That's funny. Okay, coming up tomorrow, Super Saturday on BYU TV. Things get started at 1.30 Eastern time ahead of football versus Utah Tech. Pre-game on BYU TV. The game, post-game, of course, as well. Then at 8 Eastern, we got hoops, wire to wire. Two pre-game shows, two games, two post-game shows. Too good to miss on BYU TV in the end. Former BYU quarterback and current BYU football radio analyst Riley Nelson joins Beanie us day. next. He's looking great. Oh, What's his hair. advice to Jaron Hall as it pertains to his future and the NFL? Okay. It's BYU Sports Nation. Live on a Friday in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton. To my left sits Jerem Jordan. Joining us now over Zoom is former BYU quarterback standout and current BYU football radio analyst alongside Greg Rebell. His name is Riley Nelson. Riley, welcome to the show on a Friday. It is a football Friday because you're going to watch some high school state championship games in the state of Utah here after you get done with this interview. And then a big day for BYU football tomorrow on Senior Day, if we can call it Senior. What should we call it? Should we call it Senior and Junior Day, given all the unknowns about who's coming back? Uh, how about the last game, the last home game of the 2022 season? That's about, <laughs> that's about as succinct as I can put it. Uh, but the reality is it's nice that BYU is in a position. I mean, obviously, it's heavily influenced by COVID and, of course, the advanced age student admissions. But it's nice that BYU is in a position where we have so many underclassmen considering uh, you know, uh, opportunities beyond BYU. Of course, I hope that they, that all of them stay and finish out their career because those, you know, they can only uh, build their reputations. But it does speak to the progress of the program because there have been times in the recent past where really no underclassmen, um, it, it wasn't worth anybody's time to consider leaving early. And now we've got a handful of guys. And so that speaks to the talent level of the program. 
Let's talk about Jaron Hall. Certainly it seems like he's going to be gone. He probably should go given that he's been here, uh, you know, five years and uh, he's had a nice season. He's played through injury, which was kind of the last box for him to check in, in some scouts mind. What do you think of uh, how he's played this year? And is there any shot he comes back or is he just, he's straight gone, homie? Of course, there's a shot he comes back. I mean, priorities, and of course, he's got, uh, you know, he's got a wife and a family and, and those kind of things to make considerations. Um, I, when I talked to him before the season even started, he just felt that um, as old as he is and age always being a, you know, a point of conversation or, or really an excuse for talent evaluators in the NFL to kind of downgrade BYU players that, uh, you know, he was going to take an opportunity maybe sooner than later. But I think that, I think there's a chance to come back. I'll, I'll, I'll be at a slim chance. I'll, I will say this, um, you know, I really think Zach Wilson caught lightning in a bottle and, and it ended up being, there were so many unique circumstances around that. I think Jaron's probably a mid-round guy, but that's okay. Like the, the fact that he's draft eligible at all, and even if, even if he slips and goes an undrafted free agent, he's a guy that he's going to get into a camp with an, an NFL, he's going to with an NFL franchise. He's going to show his obvious talent and physical skills, but more than that, I think he's going to show that he's a guy you want in the, the locker room. I mean, much like Taysom Hill, of course, Taysom has freak athletic ability above and beyond like, probably anybody uh, that BYU's put out. And maybe you know, maybe Ziggy Ansah is a close rival, but but as much as the Saints keep Taysom around for his freak athletic ability, they keep him around because the dude's intelligent. He is, you know, consistent. He's a great locker room guy. He's a great teammate and all those things. Jared has those qualities as well. Riley Nelson is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Riley, we've talked specifically about Jaron and his future. What are some of the other players that you are wondering if they come back or maybe specifically which players do you think would benefit themselves if they came back instead of, you know, jumping early and going to the NFL? All of them. All of them would benefit early, in my opinion. I don't see, I don't see any chatter from any draft evaluators or any NFL talent evaluators who are just chomping at the bit to take one of these guys in the first two rounds. And the reality is, everybody talks like, oh, they got to do what's best for for their family. Well, the reality is, like after taxes and when you look at contracts and things like that, go all the way back to that ESPN thirty for thirty that was, I think it's like probably eight nine years old at this point, called broke where uh, it was Bernie Kosar, long time. He was Miami quarterback and long time Cleveland Browns, like long time starter. The dude was uh, an all pro guy. And he was the one that made the comment. Everyone thinks there's a bunch of millionaires running around the NFL. It's really a bunch of thousandaires. Uh, and look, the reality is that that has changed. The money continues to increase, but as we see like 60% of the total pot goes to the quarterback, you know, and the rest of the guys are, are yeah, granted, like, six seven eight hundred thousand dollars a year which is what those mid to late round guys will make is of course great money but it's not life-changing money it doesn't set you up for life and so uh but staying one more year at byu does two things one you can continue to take advantage of the amazing the, the total institution the academic and the networking and all of those things to try and set you up for life after football however long that may be and two i think by coming back you can only improve your drafts the, these handful of players who might be on the fence they can only improve their draft stock I, i'm seeing projections of like mid-round guys i would not leave her if it was me and of course i didn't have this opportunity so it's it's easy for me to speak hypotheticals but i would not leave early mm. barring un, unforeseen circumstances to be a mid-round draft pick if i was if i was a lock to be a first two i would 
but to leave for mid rounds, I wouldn't. And that's, you know, how many guys left in the last couple of years to be undrafted free agents and are now like looking for a job. And quite honestly, even though they might not admit it publicly or probably wishing they would have come back and, and played out the full, the full uh, extent of their eligibility. I agree with you on most guys. I think Dax Milne was the exception to that rule where the iron was hot. He probably wasn't going to have a better season than that one. Again, he had a nice schedule, took advantage, had great stats, got in the seventh round. Now he's stuck with the commanders. He's the only exception. And, uh, you know, selfishly, all of us probably hope all these guys come back. I do want to ask you about Jacob Conover. Um, do we need to see him tomorrow? Because it feels like if he's going to compete for the starting quarterback position next year, and certainly we expect a transfer to come in and uh, compete for that spot as well, don't we need to see him a little bit this year, or or is that no guarantee? Of course, as fans, we feel that need, but no, he doesn't need to play. The reality is seeing him in garbage time against uh, you know FCS backups doesn't really tell you much about what he's going to be as far as uh, as far as his potential as the future leader and and starting quarterback of this program. What what needs to be seen is what's being played on the screen right now. It, What's his dedication day in, day out in practice? How does he perform in spring ball, training camp? And the coaches are getting to see all that. We as fans don't get to see all that. You know, those of us that are lucky enough to be in the media maybe get to catch the last 10 minutes of practice where he might catch a rep or two, right? So we are shielded from the majority of what what that evaluation will be. Uh, as much as I'm excited to see him, uh, the need for Cougar Nation to see him uh, is, I don't think it's something that weighs heavily on the minds of, uh, the BYU coaching staff because they know that his evaluation is going on, you know, in the practice facility. Riley, how would you approach the quarterback situation for BYU moving forward next year with Conover there and Cade Fennigan and Soljay Maiava Peters? But we all think Jaron Hall is going to be gone because of that third to fourth round projection in the NFL. How would you approach it if you're recruiting it and coaching in that room? We'll get a transfer and preferably I'd try and go pick one off who's maybe a backup uh, in the Big 12. Like that's the conference you're going in. That's the caliber of player that you need. And uh, you have all unknown. And granted, if you can get an, um, an unhappy backup who maybe either hasn't gotten his chance to play or maybe didn't get a full chance but has shown promise and is really hungry to prove himself, you can never have too much talent and especially at the quarterback position. Look at TCU, right? TCU had a fierce quarterback battle. Max Dunnigan had started previously, got beat up for the job. The guy who won it gets hurt in the first game. Max comes in, takes over. What if TCU had been stuck with, uh, you know, it, it had only been stuck with that first option, the guy who won the job coming out of camp? They wouldn't be having the magical season that they're having. So I think in addition to the guys in the room today, who I have a lot of, like, and excuse me, I'm, I'm sure you can hear my children. I'm, I'm sorry. All good. Um, but this is all about family yeah, on this program. I, I thought yeah, we had audio right. of Cougar Board from the four-game losing streak. That's yeah, my yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Playing in the background. But look, like it, as much as I am excited for the guys to get their opportunity that are currently there and have stuck, stuck it out at BYU, uh, you got to go to the – if I'm BYU, priority number one is to go get pass rushers uh, in the transfer portal. Priority number two is go get a quarterback – from a P5, uh, from an already existing P5 in the transfer portal to, if nothing else, increase the competition of that quarterback room. That's uh, one man's opinion. Riley, great stuff. We look forward to your call on BYU Radio tomorrow for the Cougars and Utah Tech. Good luck in the uh, audition for uh, Creed 4. <laughs>
Yeah. I, I was thinking Home Alone 5 as the, as the reincarnation of the wet bandits. <laughs> yeah. A Marv. Riley Nelson, a member of the wet bandits. Now we know everywhere you've been. <laughs> hey, great to talk with Always you, Always a pleasure, fellas. All right, yep. we'll see you tomorrow. Riley Nelson. He's just running up steps, season. just punching the air. <laughs> Listen to BYU and Utah Tech with Riley and Greg and Mitchell and company starting at 1.30 Eastern tomorrow. Greg on his way back from North Carolina. Shep on a plane as we speak, headed that way to call some women's soccer tomorrow. Up next on BYU Sports Station, he is an Olympian and a national champion, and he has coached national champions at Stone. But first, about some BYU women's soccer as we talk with Olivia Wade, who started the scoring yesterday. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation, make sure you follow us on social media. Interesting times, huh? Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. <laughs> We're still here. We believe it's going to stay. We're figuring it out at HQ right now. What, what will people do with their lives if there's no Twitter? Where do they get their information? I actually talk to human beings again. Now, normally, here is where we would head off to the Cougar Whip Round, which is presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. But... We're doing a three-interview day today. That's how we roll. And rightly so, because BYU cross-country is competing for another national championship tomorrow, the men's and women's side. And to help us prepare for that is an Olympian and national champion himself, head coach Ed Eyestone joining us on BYUSN. Ed, uh, it's great to have you on the show, man. What, what a time for BYU athletics, as, and specifically for your cross-country programs, as you, again, are in the elite class competing for a national championship. What's different about this year's team as you prepare for tomorrow? Well, this is probably my deepest men's team that I've had. You know, one through seven, just uh, talented guys, really every one of them capable uh, on a good day to finish in the top 40, which is first team All-American. And we're just keeping our fingers crossed that we can do that all in the same race uh, tomorrow. And, uh, and battle for a, a spot on the podium and hopefully up high on that podium. Those are the expectations for this team. Is that the uh, book of Abraham behind you? What do we have going on today? <laughs> I'm just staying at a Holiday Inn Express, uh, <laughs> and this is some great, some great uh, artwork that we have here in the background. Oh, we, <laughs> we, we love the hotel artwork on a Zoom. It's part of uh, the program. It really is. Okay, you guys the have light, already... The lighting, the lighting <laughs> is really good in here, too. And the like lighting's it. tremendous. It's all good. Um, yeah, it's all good. You guys have already run this course, the Griner Family OSU Cross Country course, um, what, what, like a month ago or something. What kind of benefit will that uh, be for your team? Yeah, well, we were fortunate that we came out here early in the year when it was a little warmer than uh, 30 degrees, and we put together a very good, solid team performance and, and won the, uh, the Cowboy Jamboree uh, and beat some very good teams in the process. But we'll have to take on those same teams uh tomorrow and uh some of those teams were holding out one or two guys earlier on so uh they'll be at full capability but uh then again i think we're uh you know six weeks fitter more fit than we were um and so um the the, the nice thing about running this course before is it's probably one of the more challenging courses this is the um a course that uh, connor mance won his first national championship on uh, for the 2020 season, which was actually March of 2021 because of COVID. Um, and, uh, you know, it's going to take some of that Connor Mance sort of grit and determination 
to uh, get up and down those hills tomorrow. But I think my, my men are prepared, and, and Coach Taylor has done a good job getting her women in, in good shape as well. Yeah, one of those men and one of your All-Americans, Casey Klinger, finished eighth at Nationals last year. What are your expectations for him on this course tomorrow as he tries to lead this team to prominence again? Well, he is our team leader, and, and obviously anytime you, you lose a two-time national champ like a Connor Mance, somebody has to step up. And the thing I love about Casey Klinger is he has been there laboring in the shadows somewhat of Connor Mance, but in, is an outstanding runner in his own right. And I think um, with, with this year, I think um, Casey has just taken on that mantle of leadership that, that comes with your kind of number one man. Uh, and the true mark of a champion is consistency. Uh, and I think race in, race out, he has demonstrated that consistency. He's kind of the man that we look to to lead our, our, our team, our, our forces. Uh, and, uh, and people know he's just going to have a good race regardless. And then everyone else just needs to... Uh, you know, put their uh, race together as well. And, um, but so the, the, the interesting thing is there's some outstanding people that are, this, this is a, with Connor Mance out of the action and, and without a dominant Kenyan, um, you know, winning all of the major invitationals thus far, it's, you know, it's been, there's been some parody up front. And so even though there are some outstanding runners from Stanford and Oklahoma State, um, NAU, of course, has, a, has an individual, and Nico Young, that many are saying could be the individual champion. Uh, Casey Klinger has beaten them all uh, individually at various times. And so even though I don't know that many of the pundits are, are saying that he's somebody who could do that, uh, I think he's certainly someone who is capable of putting himself in the, in the hunt, and, and that's what you would expect from your team leader, your guy up front. He was eighth last year. Uh, I, we would hope that he can improve on that this year. Um, and so we're looking to a great race from him and, and leading the rest of our, um, you know, seven-man team to, uh, to a good performance. Let's talk about some of the others uh, besides Casey Klinger, Brandon Garnica, obviously Christian Allen, the Weber State transfer, and, and the Thompson Twins, and Joey Noakes, and Kenneth Rooks. Like, who among those guys do you feel like will really help get some points for this group? Well, I think for us to uh, have a chance to, uh, again, end up on the podium and end up high up on that podium, uh, we need to have some uh, some good competition up front. And, and so uh, the, the two of the guys that you mentioned, Brandon Garnica and Christian Allen, are guys who have been uh, capable of being, you know, finishing in the top 20. Uh, if we can get three, if we could get uh, Casey in the top 10 and then Brandon and Christian in the top 15 of this outstanding field, then we could have three up front that might match up with Stanford's top three. Stanford on paper, uh, again, the reason why people have, saying, have been saying that Stanford is going to win this thing is they have three guys that really could finish in the top ten. If we can have three guys finish, uh, somehow break them up, or, or at least one or two guys break that up, and then have good compression between our four, five, six, seven, and by compression I just mean you know just a couple seconds between those guys, and, uh, and, and then end up running ahead of their uh, four or five runners. And put, if I can put seven guys ahead of their fifth runner, or even six guys ahead of their fifth runner, then I think we have a chance. Coach, let's finish with a question about the women and Diljeet Taylor, who uh, is doing a fantastic job with the women's program. What are the expectations for Diljeet and her team? Uh, they finished second last year. They go in ranked number seven. So what are the expectations right now? 
Well, I think with a ranking of number seven, I think that Diljeet has done an amazing job in her last seven years of always having her national meet be the best meet of the year. So I know that even though this is a different team than the team that won the championship or finished second the championship, she does a very good job of getting her people uh, ready and prepared for race day. And so even though she probably wouldn't say this, I think that they are capable of things break the right way of uh, scrapping and, and battling and doing the best they can to, to get on that podium as well. Top four position, I think she would be ecstatic about. Um, but um, again, there's a lot of parody out there. And I don't, think she, I don't think we've seen the best race out of her women yet because strategically she has rested some and, uh, and kind of put waited to put the, together her best seven for, um, for this championship race. He is our hotel art curator, Ed Eyestone, also a fantastic human being and fantastic cross-country coach. Let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma to share with your teams. Good luck in Oklahoma. We will be watching closely tomorrow, Coach. Thank you, guys. Go Cougs. Ed Eyestone with us on BYU Sports Nation. For, for being, like, you know, just straight up front. You said we it. have been the whole time. Right. The whole show. We try, right? We try. <laughs> that program, top to bottom, men and women, what's better than it at BYU? No, nothing. Nothing. It's a running school. It's not even a There's nothing wrong it's with not that. It's not even a volleyball school. There's nothing it's wrong with school. that. I'm just kidding. Like incredible, incredible stuff going on in the men's and women's cross country. But do they have 1,900 wins? That's what men's basketball is going for <laughs> tomorrow. Taking on Nichols out of Louisiana. The 2-1 Cougs back home. Jackson Robinson guaranteed to dunk. 8 Eastern time on BYU TV and BYU Radio for the pregame. Up next, she scored the only goal in regulation for BYU women's soccer yesterday in an upset win against Stanford. She oh. is Olivia Wade. She is her. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. We just got word that BYU women's soccer practice has run a little bit long in North Carolina. It was again, but in practice? It makes perfect sense. Wow. So we are working on getting that interview set up with Olivia Wade. We hope to have her in before the end of the show. In the meantime... If not, she's way more prepared for North Carolina this tomorrow. This is true. That's a, what we want more a, than the interview. It's a win-win. It's a win-win. And we hope it ends All in good. another win for BYU getting to the Elite Eight. But the show must go on, and that means we move now to BYU Football Fantasy Football Friday. Yeah. Here are the rules. Each week we pick three players to start in our lineup. From our roster of seven current and or former BYU players, the loser from the previous week takes the first waiver wire option if he chooses to use that. And I will use that to pick up my guy, Cash Peter. No. <laughs> okay, here are my starters. Uh, Zach Wilson, uh, obviously. Big game every week for Zach. Hey, I need some points. Don't At New England. Ben Bywater on defense because he's my only defensive player. And then I'm hoping Christopher Brooks plays. Uh, and if he does, perhaps he scores a touchdown or two. If he doesn't, it mattereth not because I haven't won this year. So we'll just keep that going. It's okay. I've emotionally and mentally given up <laughs> a long time ago. Hey, if Chris Brooks doesn't In play, this. if Chris Brooks doesn't play, I will I will grant you Lopini Cato. I will give you that option. Okay. Okay, Chris Brooks slash Lopini. Yes. We, we're breaking the rules, <laughs> but you've allowed it. <laughs> 
Nice. That will allow you okay. to Good to know. Because that stinks if Good Chris Brooks just, doesn't play. Yeah, just look right over here at the graphic. <laughs> just see Chris right there. That way, you take the graphic down when I'm pointing? <laughs> okay. All right, my starters for week 11. <laughs> Jaron Hall, he's been the guy. He's Heard of him. Number one overall pick this season. He's led the charge. I don't know how much he's going to play tomorrow. So I'm, a, I'm wondering. I have a couple touchdown passes. Uh, if, he, if he only plays like, you know, a quarter and a half or two quarters. and There's no way that's the case. Well, may, maybe BYU has a bunch of running touchdowns or I don't know. You never know. I, I think he's playing midway through the third at least. Okay, I hope he plays at least a half. Well, Jaron Hall, to be determined on how much he actually plays. Same for Puka Nakua. I thought, hmm, maybe I should go with Jamal Williams because Jamal Williams is going to play the whole game. Yeah. But no, well, I want to honor Puka Nakua on maybe the final game that he plays at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, and I'll run, I'll roll the dice with Puka there. So risky. Up, uh, what are you up? 9-0. Well, by the way, I, I have an issue. We just skipped last week. We just didn't even do it. It was a bye week. We, I had postured to be ready, <laughs> and then I realized Zach wasn't in a bye, so it didn't. It was a bye week. For, it was a bye week for Zach, and it was a bye week for BYU. Your it boy's going for a single win. It wouldn't be. I know. It wouldn't have mattered because I wouldn't have played Zach. The risk here for me starting Jaron and Puka instead of some of these NFL guys who will play the whole game is now my undefeated mark is potentially on the line, oh, right? Boo -boo. What, 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 are, what are you, TCU? We need some drama what are you, TCU, here. TCU trying to go undefeated? Uh, I have to pick one defender, and because I have Max Tooley, and I, I don't think Max is going to play tomorrow because he's been hurt. Hope he does, but. Yeah. He doesn't. I, I go with Fred Warner. So Fred Warner at linebacker. Oh, He's my defensive oh, starter. Poor old Fred coming <laughs> out the bench. Jaron Puka and Fred. <laughs> Man, I I drafted so I drafted like the Raiders <laughs> this year. Well, honestly, again, I keep saying it because I'm just butthurt about it. But Zach Wilson and Chris Brooks have not delivered in uh, in the fantasy category. Here. We all thought Chris Brooks was going to be at least a thousand yard guy. Yeah. And he's been hurt, but there have been games where he's been inept as well, where it was like, hey, we need you, dog. I need you. <laughs> Selfishly. Zach, Jerem needs you. He needs Zach, you. Zach, come through, man. Let's go. Man, Although at New England, ah, I know they won the first one, but it was like, no, they, no, they lost. They lost, and like, that caused Zach, all the drama. Zach, Zach played threw three interceptions. terribly in that yes. game. Hopefully he plays better. Need I need like four touchdowns because Jaron Hall is going up against FCS. Let's Mac, go. Mac Jones versus Zach Wilson, quarterbacks from the same I'm draft. getting destroyed this game, and I know it every week. I, I'm tanking for next year. Crappy <laughs> draft. The first pick. I already, yeah, we have Hoops Fantasy on deck. We're waiting until football's done, then yeah. we'll get going. But yeah. You probably get the first pick because of what's happened in football. <laughs> and next year in football. <laughs> Does that carry over? Well, These are rules we need to discuss. No, I, don't, I actually don't care about the football um, picks next year. Here's why. We don't know who the quarterback is. We don't no know who idea. the running back is. Like, Unless BYU gets some massive name and it's like, oh my gosh, you want so-and-so as the first pick. Is it a keeper league? You ain't keeping Jaron Hall. Well, if he gets it, like, is he mine if he goes oh, the into the NFL? Oh, into the NFL. Is Jaron a starter in the NFL year one? No. No. No way. You can have him. I hope not for Jaron's sake that he's not starting in year one. That's really, really tough. Like, go and learn behind somebody great. Like. I, you know what would be awesome yeah. is if Jaron ended up in a place like Denver. Or, you know, That's right. Yeah, well, it's, as rough as it's been for Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson knows a lot, has experienced a lot. Yeah. I think that would be a great landing spot for Jaron. Or maybe Seattle. Just Maybe. I, I think Seattle's going to pick a quarterback earlier. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. All right, our question of the day is this. Based on the reports that Twitter may be going away for a while, 
If Twitter is indeed dying, <laughs> what is your last tweet concerning BYU sports? At Ames Flames on Twitter says, Dear Twitter, on Twitter yeah. take the pack however many are left with you. Rest oh. in peace. Dude, the, uh, the UCLA Whoa. meetings with uh, California, pretty interesting. They're like, you're not leaving! It's weird. The Board of Regents. With the Board of Regents yes, in California. Yes, University of California. Governor Newsom. School system. He shan't stand by as UCLA leaves. <laughs> USC private school. The <laughs> Lucas Film School. Yes. At Twiggier Stone, his tweet, farewell independence, here we come Big 12. Does that mean, like, yeah. goodbye Twitter, here Not, we come Instagram? Doesn't have anything to do with Twitter. Just, we're excited about the Big okay. 12. Right. Um, at show, Snowshoe Freak. Uh-huh. Ra, 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 ra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These are great. That's awesome. These are great. All right. Why not uh, just do our elite voice Let's of the day right now. now? Presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated from at 26 Simo on Twitter. Johnny Harleen and Austin Colley are still wide open. Fantastic. I'm still wide open. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, listen uh, to BYU Radio's app tomorrow. Early, early start here, 11.30 a.m. Eastern time. Sweet 16, baby. BYU and North Carolina. They played an exhibition before the season. There, Cougars lost 2-0. Oh, it's been a minute since August. Let's go tomorrow on the BYU Radio app. BYU women's soccer playing with house money, right? Like, yeah. you got to the Sweet 16. Sweet 16. Go and have some fun. Let's do it. Trying to avenge an exhibition loss to North Carolina, yeah. first game of the season. Get it done. Up next, uh, a rise and shout out that you all need to hear. Some unique garb being worn on several college football sidelines tomorrow for a great cause. Up next on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Stay curious. This program is on demand. You can uh, download the free BYU TV and BYU radio apps. It's called BYU Sports Nation in case you, you missed it. Uh, and uh, you can subscribe right and review. A couple of scoring updates. One good, one bad. Uh, men's soccer beat Colorado State 6-0 six nothing six in nothing. the third round uh, with a hat trick from Evan Smith, game winner in the fifth minute by Eric <laughs> Morris. Very nice. And then sadly, USA Rugby tied Portugal 16-16. The Portuguese advance on point differential. The United States rugby, oh. Paula CK, do not advance and get the final spot in the Rugby World Cup next year. So that is a bummer. Dang it. You know what? It's a bummer. I'm going to push it forward to the actual World Cup that's starting for Team Soccer. USA on Monday. Yeah. Against uh, Wales and Gareth Bale. Yep. Yep. Can't wait. We'll be wearing our uh, USA kits, yeah. so uh, it'll I, be a fun day. I literally pulled every bit of United States clothing out of my like closet and set it apart for the next two weeks. <laughs> set it apart like a counselor in a <laughs> no, bitch no. no? Okay, cool. Put it in a unique section of my closet so that I can go there. I'm all USA. The United States I'm section. all USA for yeah. the next two weeks. We were questioning how USA you were mm. until this moment. Yeah, yeah. Now, now we know. Now we know. Now we Red, know. white, and blue, baby. Before we were like, a mm, little bit of Canada in there? I don't know. What's going on? <laughs> Our question of the day, uh, and we should tell you, Olivia Wade, because of practice complications, they're getting ready for the Sweet 16 match. Um, so, bummer we can't talk to her. But that, that, is, that is an acceptable yes, reason. Yes, I'm going to send her some we're, karma. We're good. Send her some karma. Okay. Production team's like, we made some graphics and they video. Did. Hey, we're, we're ready regardless. Right. We're if ready regardless. We, have, we made a music video. In fact, do we just want to play 
Just because? <laughs> you play the music video? Let's play it. Let's play okay. it. Here it is. Okay, music video for Olivia Wade and BYU were, Women's Soccer. Let's go, Sweet 16. And Olivia Wade's going to break the 25 yards. And the Cougs open on top. The shot, the save! The save by Sill! Right-footed shot, and a goal! Now the production team yep. can we're, we're collectively be happy. We're appeasing the uh, production assistants now. Yes! They've shown us stuff! <laughs> if you used everything, though, you didn't produce enough. Okay? Just keep that in mind. Our question of the day. We close out this fantastic Friday show. If Twitter is indeed dying... <laughs> So dumb. It's not. What is your? I, that's just like a massive joke that everyone ran with last. What week. is your last tweet concerning BYU sports? <laughs> On a side tangent, I saw. So someone tweeted Space Karen, Elon Musk with a Karen haircut. Space Karen. <laughs> because Elon runs Twitter now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, for whatever reason, I thought that was so funny. So stupid. Twitter. You know what? Might be good if it goes away for a little while. So I don't. We, no. No. It's, no. I, it's the, the greatest aggregator of information <laughs> and opinion ever created. Uh, I, I, Facebook arguably bigger, but I like Twitter more. By the way, my my last tweet would be this: If if Twitter is done, if this is the end, I want everyone to know we still ran out of time for Dennis. Uh huh. Yeah, I saw you tweet that last night. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then someone tweeted the gif at me of uh, <coughs> Michael Scott to Toby, why are you? Oh, I thought you were going to say the Patrick Boo one again for a second day in a row. Maybe BYU Barstool sent that one. I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't see that one. All right. Okay. Which is uh, an upcoming segment on the show, Check My Mentions. Okay, yes. We're still working on that. <laughs> Today's Rise and Shout Out, uh, a very heartfelt one, presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics, goes to... Former BYU football player and now running backs coach for Washington State, Mark Atuaya, and all of the former uh, Virginia coaches who, in a show of support this weekend, will be wearing Virginia gear on the sidelines while coaching their current teams. This is unprecedented. This will include BYU directors of player personnel Justin Anderson and recruiting Patrick Hickman and Utah Tech co-defensive coordinator and corners coach Shane Hunter here in Provo. So watch for that if you're at the game, Lavelle Edwards Stadium. We stand with you. Love and support all those mourning those lost at Virginia. Our thanks to today's guests. Ed Eyestone uh, was fantastic in front of the arts. And Riley Nelson. Uh, and Riley Nelson for being out of time. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Patty Edwards. Go Cougs.